Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Comics Collective. I'm your host, Dallas Taylor. And I'm Lexi. And we've got way more energy than last week. It is <laughs> the middle of the day. We actually liked the books we read. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> um, I am denying the stress of everything I've got to get done in the next 10 days. And I'm just ready to talk comics for the next however long. <laughs> um, but for today's episode... We're going to be going over and discussing two different books. Uh, this was Alexis's idea from a couple weeks back that I absolutely loved, where I would pick a book, I'd read through it, I would pitch it to Alexis, talk with her about it, and then she would do the same with a different book. And so I chose Godzilla, The Half-Century War by James <laughs> Stepko. Big energy. I am still writing that Godzilla versus King Kong high. Hi, and I did tweet that if Godzilla won, which, spoilers, sorry, it's been out for 10 days. That's like a million years on internet time. It's true. And so I said if Godzilla won that fight, I would purchase and read Godzilla The Half-Century War that I'd wanted to read for a really long time. So I did it. To be honest, you just wanted a reason to buy it. Oh, definitely. I would not. (laughs) I would not. I could literally be like, if the sky's blue tomorrow morning, I'm going to buy Godzilla, The Half-Century War by James Stoko. Oh Stoko. my gosh. I have wanted to read this book since I watched Matt Draper's wonderful video on it over on mm-hmm. YouTube. If you don't, if you follow us and like our content and don't follow Matt Draper on YouTube, you're missing out. He makes excellent, excellent, excellent video essays about comic books and cool movies. But Alexis, do you want to tell us what you decided to pick for book club? So for me, for book club, I decided to read um, the series that I discovered while looking in our lovely Marvel Unlimited app. Um, I decided to read The Marauders by, I'm assuming their name's Jerry Duggan or Gary? Gary Duggan. Gary. Okay. Okay. No, Jerry. You were right. His name's Jerry. 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 Oh, okay. Gerald. Gerald, but honestly, loved it. So, so fun. I love the art. I loved all the colors. I loved the thought of pirate (laughs) X-Men. How did you, how did you stumble across Marauders? Because I'm reading it because I'm reading all of the X-Men books right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely my favorite one. It's the one I would read if I had to drop all the other ones. That and Hellions. I think you need to read Hellions. Fun fact. Oh, I'm down. It's so good because here's my thing i knew so i have like a list of characters that i really like just like in comics that i know because i'm gonna be honest like i am new to the whole comic realm with different things so when i was like when i had this brilliant idea that was like we'll just read our own and then i was like oh (laughs) i dug myself in a hole i only know four books by myself and he knows all of them (laughs) And so I was like, well, let's just pick one of these characters that I love, who the queen herself, Emma Frost. Best X-Man. Oh, she's so hot. She, you, this is called, this is Dallas recommends books for an hour. (laughs) So if you're not down for that, please keep listening. We need the views for my self-esteem. But. True. I don't even see our views. I don't have, I don't know how to look. That's good. It's good. It's yeah. just for me. People just, just need baby. to follow our Instagram, though, because let's be real, that's mine, and it hurts my feelings that the only followers are um, our siblings and also a few random men from India. Hell yes. Yeah. Speak your They truth. are important, though. We love them. They love like them. Um, I'd like to thank everyone over on Twitter for making my half of our social media effort so much yeah, more see, successful. Your side is fun. I'm, I don't I don't know how to do I'm that. Way more, I'm way more handsome and fun. Um, just kidding. We're literally copy and paste. We look like the order <laughs> didn't come through on the printer and so you pushed it again and it came out like a little bit wonky the second time. Hey! Oh! <laughs> what? Oh. What? Oh! Oh, we're already starting with the burns. Perfect. I love it. That's all right. 
So you just typed in, you just went to like Emma Frost's page on Marvel Unlimited yeah, and you saw... I just like looked up everything that she was in and I saw, I don't think it was the first cover of Marauders, but I saw one where like she was all decked out to the nines and I was like, yes, this is I mean, I that is very her. How much did you end up reading it? Because as of recording this, or as you're listening to this, number 19 came out yesterday, time travel. Yeah, so I read up all the way through what was on Comet on um, Marvel Unlimited, so I didn't get the chance to read um, 17 or 18, I think. I read up but, six, 16. But you got to see Emma, Kate, and Shaw's altercation in 16, right? Yes. Oh, okay. We'll talk about <laughs> that. We'll talk about that. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, I guess I'll go back to the script here for a second. Uh, before we get into all that, because we didn't just do that for five minutes, um, I want to plug our socials right here in the beginning for all you new listeners. Don't bother following the Instagram, but oh. over on Twitter, we are at CMX Collective, as well as if you want to throw Alexis a bone, we're the Comics Collective over on Instagram. <laughs> I hate you. Or just, you know, do just do one better and just follow me personally. Oh, oh, is that what we're doing now? You're going to get those Forget sweet, the sweet podcast comic followers yep the same people that are here to hear us shit post live for an hour yep you should want them to follow you okay yeah Bold come choice. give me nice comments feed my ego on my posts just kidding my instagram is mostly just a carson day fan page at this point true i literally don't think <laughs> i've logged on instagram to not see like a dm that someone sent me in probably six months like yeah. i am I am thoroughly unhooked from the website. I just don't have time website. to take pictures of myself. I just gained some quarantine weight, and that's no one's business. Too, actually. I ran for the first time in my whole life today, and I almost passed out. <laughs> okay, well. Maybe that's I am, why I'm a little wheezy today. I am still, like, really pretty, so it's okay. But I'm going to wash my hair. Like, oh, I'm goodness. So I, uh, I showered today, and I put on a whole outfit instead of just uh, whatever was laying around so oh. i'm basically emma frost is what i'm saying queen queen right. of the world also right off the top right back into that script baby we would love it if you would all rate and review us on whatever you are listening on now that was supposed to be alexis's line but i read it anyway <laughs> and with the best that, part is that they don't know is that we like legit have like a written script that um the comics collective boss wrote yeah, um, me. I I mixed that up because I forgot Alexis wrote it. So where it says me, oh I, yeah, I just read that. And where it said you, I was like, <laughs> wait, I'm not the one that asks for a rate and review. That's alright. Uh, and so thanks for that, Dallas. Back to you, Dallas. And with that, <laughs> let's jump right into this week's episode. Oh, we got theme music now. Yeah, that's we the should. transition theme right there. Oh, you want me to do more in post-production on this magic podcast? You show up for, for one hour a week and it just happens? That's true. I don't do anything. You're going to ask for things to be inserted into this, you punk hole? <laughs> I already have right. to edit out the 30-minute bathroom break we both take every week because we literally can't not poop our you pants left last week's an hour in. straight. You should have left last week's in. Highlight of my day. All right, listener. So last week... We recorded at like 10:30 p.m. Wednesday night, and I was, was like, "Because so oh, you had to go see Godzilla. Yes, you I did. had to. It was worth it." But I was like, "I gotta get this up before Thursday for my 10 listeners." Oh my gosh! And so I was like, "We gotta do this one take, no mess ups." And then 30 minutes in, I was like, "I'm gonna explode." And so I ran away. And so I had the joy of after this of editing <laughs> this podcast for like an hour trying to cut it just right so nobody knew that I went to the restroom in my tiny apartment that was like an echo chamber. It was horrible. It was horrible. And now you had to live through that, everyone. I lived we in just, it real time. <laughs> we, I'm going to look at the stats for this episode, and there's going to be a firm drop-off at like the eight-minute mark where people are like, all right, they've gone too far. That's all right. It's all right, though. All right, let's, before we get into books, let's talk about comic book news. Do you have any news that came across to your desk this week, Associate Alexis? Hmm. Mostly just reading your personal Twitter feed is the only news that I get. Um, 
Mm. I had a mini heart attack when you posted about Marauders on your Twitter. And I was like, oh, I swear if he's reading this and I'm reading this, it's going to be a really boring book club. But well, jokes you on you. I've been reading this for a year and a half. It's okay. very good. I think, is this the first comic you've read that like hasn't just been in chunks? Does that make sense? Like, because I know Snot Girl isn't done, but yeah. like, I handed you and you didn't have to wait for new chapters. But like Marauders, the it's new chapter going. comes out Wednesday, tomorrow, or yesterday, mm-hmm. whenever you listen to this. Is this the first like serialized one you've run into? Actually, I think yes, I think so. I can't Sweet. remember I can't remember if when you were in high school and you bought me those few Captain Marvel ones. Because I can't remember if you bought me a few more after that. I don't remember. But I don't remember. But yes, as of my knowledge, this is like my first series that I'm like I'm gonna continue reading after this. I like it, so I plan on continuing it. If you liked it, the X Men stuff is excellent right now. I no do love I do love the X Men actually. I'm I'm the more we're doing this podcast, the more I'm realizing that they are a very highly regarded to me. They're a good team. And honestly, I, like I how already kind of buy. Naughty. Yeah, they're a little. All right. So, mom, dad, I know you don't listen to this. So, this doesn't no, matter they to don't. you. But dad, dad just gives us one star reviews on accident and gets really nervous about it. Anybody that has any sensitivity to language, plug your ears for the next 10 seconds. <sighs> the difference between the Avengers and the X Men are that the Avengers are cops and the X Men fuck. And, like, that, that is at its core what the difference is. And so you pick up an X-Men comic and you're like, all right, welcome back, everyone that plugged your ears to avoid the language. Yeah, um, I think that was the first time I've ever heard you say that word. Oh, I, I say that word a lot now. I'm I know, a grown-up. I'm, I'm, I'm edgy and hardcore. Love that word. Like I'm word. like Dallas Matt. directed by Zack Snyder. Snyder cut Dallas. The Snyder cut Dallas. Uh, it's just me with a sepia tone saying the F word. But I... You read the X-Men and you're like, everyone on this page right now is bisexual and wants to sleep with everybody else on this page right now. I love it. And that's a fun dynamic to read, okay? It's great. I love it. Um, all right. So news that came across my desk this week. I really liked the new episode of Invincible from last Friday. That so show continues to make – well, now there are four episodes, punk. I know. I have a plan. Here's my plan. So I move into my apartment this weekend and my roommate doesn't move in until next weekend. And so I'm going to watch it by myself in my new house by myself. It is very, very, very good. I think you'll like it a lot. It's I do love. I was sitting there for a minute and I was like, I don't think I like superhero shows or movies anymore. Like just because of this one show. No, before this show. I was feeling oh, really oh, burned oh, oh. out. Like, I watched WandaVision, and I was like, this show is aggressively fine. I know that you don't like Falcon and Winter Soldier. Man, I don't care about Falcon and Winter Soldier at did all. Did you like, know? Did you hear about... Oh, here's some... Sorry to cut you off about your comic news, but here's my comic news that I got. Did you know that the new Captain America guy is getting death threats and had to move? Yeah, y'all need to chill. He's like, just a dude. He's supposed to be a douche. That's honestly, his whole character. Honestly, I think the world would be better if the MCU just went away. I got in trouble for saying that on Twitter this last week. Did you see that? I like... So much that I forget which is our comics podcast Twitter and which is your Twitter. Good, good. That's good to know. I love both. Oh my gosh, I forgot Bone was a comic book. Sorry, I'm on your Twitter right now. It's a very good one. Oh, yeah. I loved that book when I was little. It's very good. Um, I own it all, if you ever want to read it. All of them? All of it. Um, In one big book. Yes. Yes. But, what was I saying? Oh, I, yeah, basically what I was trying to get at was, I haven't watched the most recent episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'll get to it. I just don't feel like a big pressing need to watch that show. You know what I mean? It's good. It's okay. It's just like, oh. As someone who's not like emotionally invested in anything, like at all, I like, I thought it was okay. But, like, Invincible has rekindled my love for superhero adaptations. Mm. Like, I love comics. I will always love comics. But, like, the superhero TV show, 
watching Invincible has made me re-in-love with this, with seeing these characters in a new way. So kudos to Amazon Prime's Invincible. Uh, your company is still owned by an evil tyrant that is going to kill the world. But thank you for delivering my books very quickly and cheaply <laughs> and <laughs> using that money to make this show <laughs> I like. So I'm a giant hypocrite. That's all right. Yeah. Um, some sad, somber news. Uh, Ava DuVernay and Tom King's New Gods was canceled because of the success of the Snyder Cut. So this is all of your guys' fault. <laughs> Hot Take by Dallas Taylor. I'm on a warpath today. What can I say? Yeah, you're uh, like you're ready to burn down this podcast. Is this the last episode of the Comics Collective? Yeah, we surprise. Just like Godzilla. Are our this 100 is the followers going to cancel us? Yes. They're done. <laughs> they hate you. Delete. They're all going to come to Instagram. I hope everybody surprise. knows that I, I've never said a serious thing in my life. but That's true. Yeah, so basically Warner Brothers in the shit show that they've been the last week were like, Oh, hey, um, because the Snyder Cut was so successful and that had Darkseid in it, we decided to cancel the New Gods movie that was also going to have Darkseid in it because we don't want people to get confused. Sorry, everybody. Which super bummed me out because that was like the DC project I was looking forward to the very most. Yeah, I didn't but, know what that one was. Yeah, it's... Pay attention. It's kind of my job now. Yeah, you, you should. You should, punkhead. Um... I guess we can explore a little bit more of the the Warner Brothers shit show here for a minute. Yeah, so right on me. Let me fill you in about some listener and Alexis. Listener, if you didn't know, this I'm last week, empty. Warner Brothers, or DC Comics, which is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers, which is a subsidiary of AT&T, Com- of AT&T Communication. That's right. AT&T Cell Phones oh. owns Superman and Batman, Good. in case you didn't know. And because they are a cutthroat company that only cares about numbers and doesn't give a crap about these characters, they thought it would be a really fun idea for March Madness in April to make a bracket of a bunch of pitches for books that they have recently gotten. And we all could vote on Twitter to see which one actually gets made. What? So not only do these people have to depend on their livelihood through a Twitter poll. But it was like every book was like, here is an interesting and kind of off the wall idea that's really representative of people. And then Mm -hmm. it's going to verse this random IP farm thing that's going to win anyway. So like in DC Comics right now, my friend Anne, friend of the pod, Uh, put out a tweet where she went through every DC book from the last month. And there was, like, one on-panel gay kiss in, like, the whole month. There were so many in Marauders. It made me so happy. It's because the X-Men. Fuck. Ah, love that. Um, (laughs) But basically, DC has been super lackluster in LGBTQ plus uh, representation. And on this poll, there was the JLQ, which is Justice League queer which not a great name first off for your team of all gay justice league but it had to go up against another robin like batman's robin book so it's like who are you gonna vote for a bunch of lgbtq characters that you don't know or the robins Mm -hmm. and so there was a valiant effort from the comics twitter community to be like please please vote for jlq please Mm-hmm. Some crumbs. <laughs> and then, lo and behold, they lost. JLQ lost. That's like, mean. By a decent amount. And it's just kind of like, it's. it seems really sour in general, you know? Yes. And it seems a little like, targeted. First off, why don't you just publish all these books? All these books sound good. And if... Yeah, people obviously voted for all of them. Exactly. You know, there had so to have like, been people that voted for every single one. So just make the books. It's, and it's kind also, of their job. It's not like they posted every pitch they've gotten in the last little while. You know, like True. they weeded out and they picked the good ones and they put them up there. So like, why don't you just publish them all? Yeah, it's only why four, you... right? No, it's a big bracket. It's like 30 oh. something. Oh, okay. But first off, like their line is super trim right now. And it's like 
30% Batman books. Like, I'm sorry, I love Batman, but like cancel some Batman books and True. put out some other books. And so it was just kind of like, it was a frustrating week to be a DC fan where it feels like an abusive relationship where like every one step we take forward, DC's like now seven steps back. Yeah, I could see that. So I think that that was kind of a dumb thing for DC to do, but oh well. That's pretty much the comic book news that I would like to talk about from the week. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any? Oh, did you, what did you think of the second Suicide Squad trailer that was ahead of Kong vs. Godzilla? And you saw oh. Kong vs. Godzilla. What were your thoughts? I did see it with you. <laughs> it was good. I honestly enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. My head empty self thought it was great cinematic masterpiece i really I, I yeah i don't understand why people are thinking that it's like it's dumb i thought it was pretty cool like what do you expect really yeah yeah I, like i see all these really harsh reviews for it i'm like it's just a big monkey and a big godzilla like what do you expect like y'all are just mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> you all just want to complain about something like i'm sorry Kong, that this y'all isn't leave Kong alone he's very cute this isn't Oscar bait. Like, it's too yeah, kind. they know what they're making. And they made it well. They, they made it compelling it and It made fun. me want to go back and watch the other ones. Yep. So I think that that did it. I would agree. Good movie. Saw it twice. Movie so nice, I saw it twice. Well, the uh, reason we saw it twice is because Dad was sad you watched it without him. True. True. And so All of said, my... The whole family's going now. Deal with it. Yep, which it was good for you guys. All right, what did you think of the suicides, the second Suicide Squad trailer? That came I thought out it looked movie? really good. Can we just talk about the fact that um, Sylvester Stallone is King Shark? It's so good. I'm so excited. It's He's so, good. so great. Like uh, King Shark from the Harley Quinn show rules. Oh, I love, love that, that take. <gasps> that take is a great take on King Shark, but I'm excited to see whatever the hell Sylvester Stallone does. Yeah, I know. Especially because King Shark ain't, like, he ain't the smartest one in the world. And it's not like he talks very much. And? Uh, yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> wait, that was Sylvester Stallone? Like, <laughs> what? How much is he getting paid for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> He's just another group. He's probably so bored. He's like, you know, that's fine. I'll take He's it. He's like, all it. right. We can make Creed 3 or we can do uh, this. We'll bring back Rambo. Oh, uh, yes. 80-year-old Rambo. <laughs> Our dad would watch it. He would. He'd be front row at the theater. Front row Joe to watch Rambo 7, Rambo <laughs> in the retirement home. And he'd buy the knife, too. And he would buy the knife. <laughs> All right. All right, let's transition over to book After club. a half hour of us talking. Oh, it's just been 22 minutes. It's okay. Me. Come on, you little silly Billy. <laughs> Okay, All you right. want to go first? You want to tell me about your book? All right, yes. So Pitch I'm it. holding up my book for this audio-only podcast. <laughs> like um, show and tell. <laughs> exactly. I have Godzilla, The Half-Century War, written by James Stokoe. So James Stokoe is a creator that basically picks one thing to do for a couple years, and he does everything in the comic. He writes it, he draws it, he colors it, he does the oh, letters. Cool. That's awesome. And he releases it, and then he moves on to the next thing. And I have really, really, really wanted to read one of his things, and I've never gotten around to it. Mm-hmm. And so I finally broke down, and I bought the one that I was most excited about. And again, that was Godzilla, The Half-Century War. And it's basically framed as this one man's journey with Godzilla over the course of 50 years. Uh-huh. And each issue represents a decade. So, oh. like, okay. he's like... He's like 18 or something in 1954 when Godzilla first shows up in Tokyo. And then at the end of that issue, he gets drafted into a monster fighting military group. And that, so the next issue in the 60s, we get to see him go to um, Vietnam mm-hmm. to go interact with Godzilla. And you basically get to follow this main character whose name is Ota... Um, Murakami and you get Uh to see Godzilla through his eyes and I've always said that like the real strength 
of Godzilla over any other kaiju movie is that Godzilla can be a representation of something, right? Like, it's baked into his DNA. The first Godzilla movie was a movie about the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shin Godzilla in 2016 was a movie about the nuclear power plant meltdown in Tokyo from a few years ago. Yeah. Godzilla, like, in the West, Godzilla is very much big, scary dinosaur to punch monkey, but in Japan... Godzilla means something, and Godzilla is used as a stand-in to tell very human stories. And I think the half-century war captured that spirit really well, where Godzilla represented a lot of different things to Ota over the course of the book, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, Godzilla, in his first appearance, was very much, like, a force of destruction and, like, a scary thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. In the second issue... He almost seemed like a representation of war and American imperialism. Like Godzilla, it, I didn't. Feel, it didn't feel like a coincidence that Godzilla went to Vietnam and like in the late '60s and was really blowing things up and hurting things and like a big scary entity there. Yeah. But then, like all of Godzilla's enemies start showing up in the book around the third issue, and. There's a device that's introduced where the basically like evil groups can start to intro can start to like lure Godzilla to a place with a certain frequency so he can destroy a city like a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. And you see Ota become like more and more jaded towards the whole thing, and then you can see almost like him become obsessed with Godzilla, with the book ending, with Oda piloting Mecha Godzilla demanding that Godzilla notices him before he dies, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, the art is stunning. The story is interesting. The characters are interesting. I, it serves as a really great, like, history of Godzilla. Like, if Mm -hmm. you only have a passing knowledge of who Godzilla is, this will introduce you to, like, all the major players of the movies. And it felt like... Everything I love about Godzilla condensed down into a really, really beautiful package. And James Stoko draws a stunning Godzilla. So I loved, I loved this book. Do you have any questions for me about, about my book for show and tell book club? <laughs> um, what would you say? So you said that there were multiple issues within like the big book, right? Yeah. So it's a five issue series. Okay. So which one was your favorite out of the five? Ooh. I I don't know. I really liked issue four where they introduce a lot of the uh, the major kaiju. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Oh, oh no, my, my bad. That's issue three in Ghana in 1975. It's where like Godzilla goes from being like the singular entity that they sort of chase around and like their whole life is around. To Godzilla becomes just like a constant part of their lives and is seen almost more as a natural disaster than like an entity unto itself. Yeah. And I mean, it's really fun to see James Stokoe just go crazy on these big splash pages drawing all just of awesome Godzilla's pieces. rogues gallery. You know, like you get to see Megalon, you get to see Mothra, Rodon. You get to see Ibira, Hidora, Batra, and they all look beautiful, you know? And they're yeah. all just, they're tearing up the city, but then there's a, like, there's also emotional weight. You get to start to see how people would abuse this, this power. There's a great moment where the Godzilla hunting group, they're confronted by another military guy, like, do any of you guys have a gun? And they're all like, oh, no, no, we don't really use guns for what we do. Like, we just have crazy sci-fi stuff. And it kind of made me chuckle. Like, that, that is some magic to these Godzilla movies. Is that, like, yes, a city might, being dis- might be getting destroyed, but, like, it doesn't feel violent in the way that a lot of other similar movies feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in Michael Bay's Transformers movies, a machine gun is on the screen, like, 60% of the time. You know, like yeah, stuff's exactly. blowing up. Like it's, it feels very aggressive. It feels very violent. Yeah. Whereas with these Godzilla things, it has a level of escapism and wonder to it that you can kind of disconnect from. Man, this will be horrific in real life. To yeah. like, 
oh, these are just monsters, and I wonder what the metaphor is here, and I want like I would like to play with this idea a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I think the third issue really, really captured, and then the fifth issue was amazing, where <laughs> King Ghidorah and um, Mecha Godzilla show up, and oh, it's just it's so good, it's so good. You're Gigan just a fan of the up. whole thing. I'm a fan of the whole thing. I read it as I read it in one sitting. I read it as one book. Like I, I didn't read that. it in issues, you know. So it's just That's one kind of big awesome, one story. It is like this is a book that if anybody was like, oh man, I love Godzilla. I'd love to read a Godzilla comic. Like I would buy this for them and send it to them. You know, it's like this is very worth the price tag to me, and it's something I want to gift to people because I think that it captures perfectly the heart of what makes Godzilla so special. Yeah. And it's just, it's a stunning piece of art. Like, I'm flipping through the pages here. You can, there, you can hear it on the on the mic for you, all you ASMR heads. <laughs> oh, my but gosh. But flipping through every page is stunning. And it's just, it's a beautiful artifact. Oh, man, I'm so glad that I went out of my way to get this in paper instead of just finding a, a digital file of it. Like, I, I'm in love. I loved this book. It made me really 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 itchy to go get his alien book that he did because i just was like just like i love godzilla i love alien we were raised on alien it was i didn't realize that was a horror movie until a couple years ago just because like it wasn't framed it wasn't framed that way for us also dad just made us watch it when we were like seven yeah yeah our dad was like all right sit down little ones this is a good movie uh, did you realize I'm, that the first Jurassic Park is a horror movie? No, not really. No, but yeah, I'm. It is. You did, coward. I did. Uh, the, I didn't go into our basement for years. They yeah. lived in our basement. Yep. Yep. But so there's a very real chance I'm gonna pick up the hardcover of Alien Dead Planet. <laughs> I'd read it with you. And give that a read because this book was so 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 good, and I want to see more of James Stokoe's take on some of my favorite properties. Yeah. Oh. So there it is. There is my book club entry. Da 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 da. da. <laughs> I loved it. It was a goodie, right? Yeah. This is. I. I think this is a fun idea. I'd love to do this on like a monthly basis. We should honestly. But I. I even if we could even do like write-ins, like people could suggest books and have their book club be done. That would be fun. Like a Twitter poll, or like people suggest on comments in Twitter. Yeah, I mean. I reached out today on Twitter and I asked what some of people's favorite Superman comics were because I was in a big uh-huh. Superman mood. And I ordered a couple of them that sounded really good. So Sweet. if you want us to talk about your favorite book, feel free to reach out on Twitter. Do it. Or, or Instagram if you're bad. Me, 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 me. <laughs> All right, Alexis, introduce us to your book club. Pitch oh, it to the people. Right. So I'm gonna check out. I'm not going to say anything about it until you open it up to me. Okay, sweet. So you want to do like a like a broad opening to it, I guess. Whatever you want. It's your book club. You tell me about it, and then once you want me to come join in, ask me a question. We can have a discussion about your book. Okay. So to reiterate myself, um, I read Marauders by Jerry Duggan, um, art with art by Matteo Lolly and the colorist um, of Federico Blee. I hope I don't I didn't butcher those names. Um, but um, so we basically open. I kind of have mentioned already that I have compared this book in a whole. If I were to describe it in one sentence to somebody, this is pirate X Men. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it so much. It was so fun. Um, I, I'm gonna be completely honest when I kind of did my initial search for a book involving Emma Frost. Um, The covers, of course, are what caught my attention. So shout out to the amazing artwork. I loved like the bright colors and all of the different, um, I could tell that it was definitely a different theme because I think that, um, I think that the cover that caught me the most was um, our lead. I would, I would, consider her our lead character I I mean there's kind of a lot of important characters but um Kate Pride and people may also recognize her as Kitty but um throughout the the book that it um very specifically 
she corrects many people in calling her Kate, which um, I don't know if there's more background to that in other books, Dallas, but... No, this um, was... This was a new thing from Marauders. This was new. Okay. Well, then I loved it. I I thought it was super awesome because I really felt like it was a new chapter of her character, which I could tell right from the beginning. Because we open where they basically we, – we see um, Kate and Storm, and they're standing outside of what they call um, the gates to their new island slash country where they are all migrating as – mutants to um a new island called um krakoa and they have these i guess portal like gates that allow each of the mutants to be able to travel to this island and live in safety and right at the beginning we see like kate is saying goodbye to storm as she's being ushered through the gate and then all of a sudden she smacks right into the gate like she is not going through she's the only person out of the group of people that she was with that can't make it through and nobody really understands why and so she makes the journey by boat by herself with her cute little dragon friend um i think his name's lock lockheed yeah lockheed lockheed but she just calls him lock um he's a cute little dragon guy and so they sail out to the island and it's super funny because she's like bringing rations to everybody of like, I, I remember specifically that she brought, um, she brought Wolverine booze, which it made me, made me laugh really hard because <laughs> he's not allowed to have it on the island or something. I don't know. He couldn't get it. Um, and so it's just really interesting because we see once she gets to the island, um, we learn that the island has specific properties and it is basically producing um, goods and medicine type things that um, are now being shipped across the world and advertised to to everyone. Um, and we see this because my favorite character, Emma Frost, she is involved. Oh, now I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it. She's involved in a large... Um, I guess you could call it a company. Would it be yeah. a company? The Hellfire Trading Company? Yeah, the Hellfire Trading Company. That's what it's that's what it was called. I could remember the hell part, but I couldn't remember the fire part. <laughs> um she's involved in this large company with I guess you could say her partner, um, Sebastian Shaw, who we hate. We hate him, but it's fine. We do, in fact, hate Sebastian Shaw. We do hate, we hate him very much. We've hated so. him for years. Issue <laughs> 16 was so cathartic. Hate, 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 hate. Back to you in the studio. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so basically we are introduced to the prospect of the White Queen, which is Emma Frost, and the Black King of Sebastian Shaw. And they are in the search of a third party to help lead this hellfire company and they associate it with the color red and i was getting super i I mean i probably this is obvious to everybody that reads it but i was getting super funny chess vibes from all of it (laughs) yeah i was like is this just some like super fancy big chessboard game that is getting at like right out the beginning i was like oh they've got their bishops and their queens and their kings and their knights and just like they have, I guess, their whole courts of the red, black, and white. Um, and we see that Emma has made the decision that she wants to have Kate be the leader and be the red queen. And she does that kind of behind Sebastian's back and really, really frustrates him because he had been kind of going, I would say he'd be like, just kind of doing whatever he wanted with the shipments of things. And he'd been not really kept in check. And then now he's outnumbered because of course, Emma and Kate are very close and um, he sees them both as a threat. And we basically see how um, 
Kate takes up the mantle of being captain of the new of her ship where she is charged with the duty of basically rounding up and being summoned to the beck and call of those mutants that are either unable to reach a portal slash gate or are being held where they can't reach a portal or gate. And so she is responsible for responding to those mutants that are in need and able to get them to the island. And so we basically just see this really fun grouping of characters. Um, We see Storm. She's there for... um, She's there right next to Kate almost the whole time. Um, We see Iceman and Pyro. um, And then we also see a character that I, I hadn't really known before, but his name's Bishop. I've never met him before. Um, but we basically just see how they go about kind of combating the racial stigma towards mutants, because that's definitely a very large theme with um, the human race is very targetive, tar- targets... Um, the mutants very strongly. And I feel like that's always a theme that we see with the X-Men, which I really, I, I liked the way that it was um, shown in this book. I felt like it gave a good light onto how um, they would be, they're, they're treated. Um, so we see how they're combating the, the racism from normal humans and how they are combating Sebastian Shaw and his um, meddling against everyone. And also we are introduced to a third party, which I found very interesting. Um, and I'm probably going to say this wrong as well, but the, um, the, oh, geez, Yassi. I don't even know. Jimenez Verendi, the Verendi group. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Does that, Sound okay? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you know, you know, the Verendi group. And I don't know how many of you watched The Kids Next Door growing up, but these kids gave me <laughs> vibes of the creepy Kid Next Door kids. Yes. 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 I was yep. like, where did oh. these kids come from? Who are you, they? You freaking nailed it. That is so funny. Who is this little <laughs> creepy girl with her cat? <laughs> really the whole time I was like oh my gosh like these are the kids next door villains like they are revamped and scarier than they were before yeah yeah that's that's a good way to sum it up what are their names they have a name but I don't remember the little kids next door one but and they basically have their own hierarchy and their own um royalty you could say as well um but it's just honestly, I loved it so much, and I just I wrote down a few of my favorite points. <laughs> um, can we just talk about Emma Frost in black? She's a queen in her yeah, morning. What, what did you think of Kate's funeral issue? Oh, it was so sad. I was like, wait, because of course, like I started right from like I clicked the first issue. I didn't really see how many there were. And because I didn't, I mean, like, my ding-dong self was, like, uh, I didn't know that it was, like, still running. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I got to it, and I was like, wait, wait, is she really dead? I was like, is it over? Wait, what are they going to do now? I was like, she's got to come back. And, like, how they were saying, um, with the island comes rebirth for the mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, and how since she couldn't go through the gates... They were all worried that she wouldn't receive the same benefits, I guess you could say. They were yeah. all worried that she, if she were to die in combat, that she would not come back like everybody else does. And so I feel like I really did. I loved the, um, the part where Storm confronts Emma about everything. Um, and how they all like responded to to her death, her initial death. Because I, I, first of all, I thought like the whole 
look of like the pages where Storm is upset and freaking out at Emma were awesome. They were such yeah, cool like, art. How much, how much of a bad bitch moment is for Emma to be like, do you mean to turn into diamonds so you can really let loose? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was like, how far do you want to go? Like, just, just tell me and we'll, we'll let it happen. And then it was so sad when she just like went over and just like cried on her. And I was like, oh, okay. That's well, fine. Like, some a little bit of background on all this noise. So Emma and Kate were introduced. Their first appearances both occur in the same issue of X-Men. Mm-hmm. And Kate was introduced as like a 14-year-old girl. And Emma was, I don't know, like late 20s, mid 30s, right? Yeah. And basically Emma vied for Kate to come to the Hellfire version of Professor X's school. And the Hellfire Club, they've been villains for years and years. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of like the mutant Illuminati a little bit, is how I'd describe them. Okay. And, like, until 2000, so for, like, 30 years, Emma Frost was a bad guy. And, like... Yeah, because that's how she is in the movie. She's definitely a villain in the X-Men movie. So, like... She was this villainous force that was trying to, like, influence Kate for bad. And Storm very much became, like, Emma's... uh, Became Kate's mother figure with the X-Men. Like, Kitty saw... Little Kitty saw Storm as, like, oh, you're, like, my mom. A little, like, she imprinted on, like, a baby bird a little bit. So, like, these two women have been at the forefront of Kate's life from, like, her introduction into the comics. Yeah. And because of how the sliding time scale works with comics, Kate is like roughly 25 now, and Emma and Storm are like 40 ish. Yeah. And it's like the gap in their age has changed, but like the dynamic is still there, where yeah. like they're both weirdly protective and interested in Kate. So it was really, really evocative to have Storm and Emma, like have Storm just come unhinged. She at literally was Emma. gonna like murder someone. Like, it was a fun way to explore that dynamic that's been here for years. They're her moms. They are hers moms. Lesbian moms. Just kiss. Just kiss. Dude, that'd be a, that'd be a couple. It would be a power Moment couple. Moment of except... silence for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, but Emma has only ever really shown interest in Scott inside Cyclops. That's the only person she's ever really cared about. Dumb. Which it it is dumb. It is dumb. Who would ever pick Scott Summers? Like why? Why would they make her straight? Why? It's brutal. At least make it's her brutal. a little bit of bold. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. See, what's so fun about this Krakoa era of X Men is like the X Men have always been impenetrable. Like if you don't want to start in the seventies, like good luck understanding the X Men. But Krakoa really has been such a fertile ground where like. If you know, you know, right? Like, if you've read all the stuff, the comics are going to be top tier. They're so fun, so many payoffs. But if you don't, like, they're accessible for the first time since 1975. It's the first time you can pick up an X-Men comic like you did for this show and be like, all right, I have a passing knowledge of who these characters are. Let's get going. And they explain the status quo as you go. There are fun character interactions that you can understand without the 30 years of background knowledge. It's been such a fun era of X-Men comics. Yeah. I really feel like I was very, I, yeah, I really felt like I caught on pretty quickly as to what was going on without having to read everything, you know? And I liked that. I liked that a lot because I feel like it was just a fun kind of quick read that I was just able to like really get into and I like it. I liked it a lot. So yeah. Did it make you want to explore some of the other X-Men books that are going on right now? Because there are like Actually 20, yes. There are like 20 X-Men books right now. And they're yeah, all good. Yeah because you you told me to skip 14? 13 through 15 because it's yeah. a crossover. Yeah and so now I want to go like find I mean I read them but like I want to go find out everything now. So So you did read 13, 14, and 15? I skimmed them. I was curious what they were. I didn't really know what was going on the whole time, but... Yeah. So basically, there's this other amazing book called Excalibur that's all about, like, magic and mutants. Mm -hmm. And basically, over in that book, 
they got into a little bit of trouble and like all the X-Men had to join up and go over and participate in like this big tournament to oh. like save the X-Men from the magic world. And mm-hmm. so those issues of Marauders were chapters in that big overarching story that like all the X-Men were a part of. And that I had my hardcover yeah, for go- that. Do we have my that? hardcover for that should show up on April 20th. And then we can read it. It's all on Marvel Unlimited <gasps> if you want to read it. But my hardcover is up on the 20th. It's really, it's called X of Swords. It's really, really, really good. Wait, I'm like, down. Really good. You should probably read Excalibur before you read Ten of Swords, though. Because it, like, leads right into it. Okay. But, yeah, if you're enjoying the X-Men right now, there you literally can't go wrong. Just throw a dart with your eyes closed at the board, and whatever book it lands on is good. Like, I have books that I like better than other ones, but there is not yeah. a single bad one. That's awesome. Good for them. Go yeah, off. It's it's cool. So, you said you wrote down some stuff about Marauders. What? what <laughs> yeah, here, you do you want to hear my um my four scribbly lines that I was I wrote down while reading? So, I, like, paused my reading, wrote down, like, six words, and then, like, continued. <laughs> so, I, I they're, like, it. kind of, they're kind of funny, like, reading them back now. I said, WTF, did Pyro just die from Yellow Jacket Pod? And I said, just kidding, I don't think he did. And I said, just kidding, did he? (laughs) (laughs) I kind of went back and forth for a second there. I had to reread that part like three times because I was like, what just happened? What just happened here? And then I wrote Emma Frost in black at the funeral, question mark, question mark, question mark. Am I gay? And then... um. I also wrote down um, Kate does come back in her little egg and Emma brings her back quicker from her egg through their like little telepathic cool thing that they did. And then closing thoughts, curly hair Kate equals babe. And that's it. She does. In fact, I love that they're oh, leaning I love back her new into book. her. I love that they're leaning back into her Judaism because that was a really big part of who she was. Yeah. In her first appearance. A whole new, like, appearance. I just loved it. I was like, oh, yes. New Kate. Yes. I love her necklace with the Star of David on it. Yes. Oh, she's so cute. I love that she stopped putting so much relaxer in her hair, and she's embracing her curls. She's a curly queen. Like, great for her. Uh, What did you think of her knuckle tattoos? Oh, my gosh. when she kissed the tattoo artist. Oh, that was pretty cool. Okay, so here's some tea for you. You might not know. She has had a crush on... Her first crush was Colossus, uh, Peter Rasputin of the X-Men, the big metal guy. Do you know him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they had a relationship for a long time. But then she definitely has had the hots for his little sister that's her age forever. And that sister definitely has, like, the hots for Kate as well. Yay! And she convinced Kate not, not to marry Pyotr. Like, Pyotr and Kate got to their wedding And he went to put the ring on her finger, and Kate phased through him (gasps) and brided Alan out of there. What Because because Ilyana was like, hello, you're marrying the wrong Rasputin. And so that tattoo artist looked just like Ilyana. Like... Really? Kate got a type. That's awesome. I loved it. It was very, very, very fun. Very good. I love that you Stop. loved it. I love like Marauders is such a fun comic book. I just loved it. It was just so fun. And I feel like it was also like I feel like it was a good starting point to like make me fall in love with the characters. Like I would hand this to like Tiffany, our little sister, and be like, read this. You'll like it. You know? It's something that's really easy to love. Yeah, it really is. And it's it's accessible in a way that the X-Men haven't been for a long time because like the X-Men are such an intriguing group of characters. Like you want to know more about them. You want to be their friend, but it's so hard to hand somebody any amount of X-Men and because be like, there's so many, there's here. so much depth. Well, I mean, last episode I said that I wanted to do whatever I had read so far of the Claremont X-Men, Yeah. which has been great. I've loved it, but I was like, how am I even going to talk about this? Like there's so yeah, much. you need it's a whole such, two hours just for yourself. <laughs> it's such a long soap opera 
that I was like, this doesn't make a great book club book because I can't be like, here, take this. Yeah. You know? That makes sense. So I, I'm just, I'm really happy. What what were some of your favorite moments from Marauders? Oh. I'm interested because like I've read this month to month. So I think mm-hmm. you honestly probably have a better grasp on like the specific beats of the comic. Whereas yeah. like Marauders fits into the larger X-Men tapestry for me. Oh, okay. Where, so like, like I, I see remember, it as an individual. Yeah. Like I know the Marauders are up to stuff that's happening in all of the X-Men books. Yeah. Whereas you have like the individual story of Marauders. So I think you probably have a better grip on like the stuff beat for beat that happens in Marauders than I do. So I'd yeah. love to hear like how you felt like the story has progressed, what some of the highlight moments of the individual Marauder story have been. I thought I th- thought it progressed really well. I thought that it kept me engaged the entire time. Like I I had a really good time reading it and it was hard for me to put down my phone at work when I was supposed to be doing my job. Um <laughs> And when dad would come around the corner and be like, um, WTF, like, love that for you. Yeah. He's like, um, hello. (laughs) But, um, some of my favorite moments, um, I definitely thought it was super cool and interesting. This is one of my interesting moments in kind of the beginning. I don't necessarily remember which issue, but it was a little bit in the beginning, um, where we see them Bishop and Kate, addressing the rumors of um chen zhao do you know who she is i don't remember off the top of my head but oh oh like where she's like they kidnapped my husband yeah she's like the x-men kidnapped my husband um do you understand like what happened with krakoa or do you want me to explain that real quick maybe maybe explain it a little bit more because it kind of just came out all right so basically basically the x-men were like we are sick of getting stepped on so yeah. they went, there is, there's a mutant that is an island named Krakoa. He, his first appearance is, or their first appearance, I don't, I don't know the gender identity of this island. It's an but, um, gender identity is Oasis. Krakoa was the villain of Giant Size X-Men number one, which was Storm's first appearance, Peter Rasputin's oh. first appearance, Wolverine's first appearance as an X-Man, and all that jazz. Uh, so, like, the second team, all the characters you know, other than, like, Gene and Scott and Iceman, all of those characters, their first mission was to go rescue the original X-Men from Krakoa. Oh. And so, like, basically, Charles and Magneto and someone who I'm going to leave undisclosed because I really need you to read House of X, Powers of Ten. Me? Because it's, yeah. Okay. If you liked Marauders... Your your mind will melt out of your ears when you read Hawkspox. Like it's so good, and I'm gonna give you my hardcover of it because I want you to read it in paper and like have it in your hands. It's so good. But basically, the mutants get some new information and they decide, "F it, we're gonna go start our own nation on Krakoa. We're gonna start combining our mutant powers to accomplish things no one has ever accomplished before, including resurrection." Like, death just doesn't count for us anymore. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to make medicine that cures all diseases. And you guys are more than welcome to have it, but you have to legitimize us as a country. And you're no longer allowed to extra Like, we will extradite any mutants that come into any sort of problems with your law. Like, you guys have no authority over mutants anymore. And if you are willing to recognize that sovereignty you can have our medicine that cures all disease that we made on Krakoa. Okay, and yeah, so, so like, that does make sense. That's like the framework that Marauders is working within. Uh, does okay. that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. I don't really remember why I started saying that, but there you go. There's. Yeah, I, there's... I don't remember where I was saying now. Oh, wait, I was talking about the, um, the Zhao lady. Oh, yeah. Um, so so basically, like, all the mutants got invited to come to Krakoa. Yeah. Like, Charles Xavier put in the mind of every mutant on Earth, like, hi, we made a country. You're more than welcome to come. We're going to plant a bunch gates. of gates that if you're a mutant, you can walk through. And so, like, that's where the Zhao lady's coming from is, like, they didn't – he didn't leave on his own. They came and stole him. Yeah, Mutants he touched, bad. He touched the gate, and he got sucked in. 
That's what she said. That's what Which she was is, saying. It's not how it works. No, you got to walk through. Um, so Kate goes to investigate this because she's like, um, WTF, that's not how it works. Like, if he can get in, why can't I? Um, and so she pulls up to his house, <laughs> to their house, and, like, phases through all the walls and finds him locked up in a safe and he's like i knew my saviors would come and save me and we find out that he is a basically an x-men groupie like to the extreme and his wife didn't like that because she's anti-x-men and anti-mutant so he's like obsessed with mutants and like wants everything to do with them and so she like should have just locked him locked him in his room and was like they kidnapped him and Love so, yeah, yeah, she just was like, mm, yeah, I can't have you walking around like this. And so they bust him out and they basically take him to her rally and is like, look, yeah, so you're a liar. <laughs> we found him in your house. So do with that what you will. And my favorite part is she makes a second appearance. Um, Mrs. Zhao does because she forms an alliance with those creepy kid next door children and becomes basically their white bishop. And Kate, when she comes in contact with her again, uh, Mrs. Zhao is like, you can't beat me up. You can't beat me up. Like I have um, diplomacy, uh, like immunity. immunity. Yeah, Yeah. Diplomatic immunity. And then Kate just full on punches her right in the face just busts her nose and I thought it was so funny because I was like yes yes screw your diplomatic immunity I was like this is wonderful and I was like she's not a diplomat like what are you talking about crazy lady just be quiet be quiet and I loved it and she just punched her right in the face it was so can we talk about Kate Fu where she like phased guns through people oh my gosh yes tore those guys up or she like, had how... like she drug somebody through a freaking tank and left them inside of it. Like Did you see that part? Yeah. She like crazy. went in she went into the tank, grabbed the guy that was driving it, phased both of them through, but left him in the metalwork. So he died, <laughs> obviously. Like that's yeah. insane. She's nuts. She I love the like her power isn't inherently aggressive, but she has oh. trained for years and years and years and is like a black belt in multiple different disciplines. And so she has figured out how to use her power in a horrifying way. Yeah, she is like the scariest one, I think. I mean, like lightning getting zapped, that's one thing. You know what to expect. But with Kate, nope. Nope. How are you supposed to know? Like there are so many creative, fun ways that powers are used in this book as well. Like, true. A moment that lives rent-free in my brain is when Emma needs to, like, control the minds of all those different guys. So she just, like, unbuttons her shirt and, like, walks out in the front. Yeah. And she's like, it's easier when all of their minds are in the same thing. <laughs> like, she was like, I'm aware that I'm incredibly hot. And so I'll be what they're thinking about. It's and that'll make it easy to take over their minds. Yeah, she's like, I'll find them all. All like, of their minds. Love that. Love that. Great. Good Emma moment. It is a good Emma moment. Yeah, See, uh, that, it's just full of them. I just, there's so many moments that I just loved. Jerry Dugan writes some good comics, by mm-hmm. the way. If you, if you're ever like, who should I read? There's been a lot of news lately about like writers that are shitty. Yeah. And oh, I oh. want to highlight like Jerry Dugan seems like a really good guy and he writes excellent He's comics. Dugan a good job. He writes excellent comics. Like, Marauders is so good. His book, Cable, that he's writing right now in the X office as well, is amazing. His Guardians of the Galaxy run that he did was amazing. His Deadpool run, I don't even like Deadpool. And his (laughs) Deadpool comic is the comic that got me into comic books. My first comic ever was a Jerry Duke and Deadpool comic. I didn't know that. And it it was so good that I was like, it made me fall in love with the whole medium. Like, awesome. if I picked up a comic and it wasn't good, I would have been like, okay. But because it was a Jerry Dugan comic, it was like, oh, there's something here we are. This. Here we are in yeah, 2021. Here we are making a podcast in 2021 because of a Jerry Dugan comic. That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, he rules. Marauders rules. I'm really excited. I Like, every week that I see there's a Marauder issue coming out, I'm like, oh, boy, it's that time of the month. 
That's awesome. I love it. I'm All excited. right. Well, I think uh, um, I think I might read yours. I think I might pick up oh, the next issue tomorrow. Did you I? You pitched it so well. Did I pitch it well? Ooh. Yeah, you really. I mean, I was on the fence about it, but then you pitched it so well. I think really? I'll pick up issue 19 after reading issues oh. one through 18. I was like, you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> You've already read them. You trash can. No, you. I think you captured really well what makes that book magic, though. I love and, it. It's just so fun. Yeah. That was really fun. I like this a lot. I think we should do more book clubs. Let's do it once a month. Let's do All that. All right. I like it. Boy, fake. And do also, we wanna... like, I feel like it also gives us more, like, opportunity to actually, like, do what we want, you know? I agree. Because I feel like there are obviously books that you want to read that you don't think I'd be interested in, like, reading myself, you know? Yeah. And vice and versa. And vice versa. I... I really want you to go and explore comics without me there, like forcing yeah. you to read the things I read. Exactly. So I dig it. I dig it. Do we have, let's start moving towards wrapping up. We just oh, yeah, crossed for sure. the hour. Um, do you have any closing thoughts or questions for the people? Oh, questions for the people. Um, tweet at us. If you go and pick up Marauders or Godzilla, we want to see your pictures. Proof. I would that love our book club worked. to see. I would love to see if anybody gets a book off of this, it would make my heart soar. So let us know if you yeah, end tweet, up ordering tweet a, a picture book. to Dallas. It'll make him cry big, ugly man boy tears. Exactly. Man boy tears. That's boy. that's me. That's the name of my band, actually. Especially when you wear your um, overalls. Man boy. Oh, shit. I got rid of those forever ago. Everyone I know. Everybody sees me too bad. Well, it's because you look like a big bug rat. Y'all are too mean. You look like Chucky from Rugrat. All right. I would give Godzilla The Half-Century War five out of five stars. It is a must-read if you like Godzilla. It is a very, very good read if you like comic books. See? And I would give um, Marauders a 10 out of 10 because it's fantastic. And um, Emma Frost is hot, so. She is, in fact, hot. There's that. And she knows it. Oh, she does know it. All right. Perfect. This has been another episode of the Comics Collective. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week talking Superman with Eric Azana from the Geek Explained podcast. So look forward to that. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye.